Welcome to The Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic, News Radio. We will be drafting News Radio episodes into units with a common theme. In part A of the podcast, we will host a game show based on our drafted episodes. The contestants will compete for ABSA points in hopes of being declared the ABSA winner. In part B of the podcast, we will discuss the episode in greater detail. We are three dorks who prefer the term news radiologists who decided to use Twitter and podcasting for good instead of pure evil. Welcome back to the Hoodoo Factory, a game show and discussion podcast about the 90s NBC sitcom classic news radio. We hope you enjoyed part A, where we awarded Thad the ABSA for excellence in this podcast. Now we are back for part B, where we will discuss this episode, Inappropriate, in further detail. I'm Tom, and I'm here with Thaddeus and Lauren discussing Inappropriate, the first episode of our Dave and Lisa unit. To kick off part B, we're going to start with some facts about the episode in a segment we call Half-Truth and Gorilla Dust with yours truly. Uh, So, this episode opens up with Matthew discussing Amy Fisher, the Long Island Lolita. Uh, Amy Fisher, for those who don't know, shot Mary Jo Botafuco in the head in... 1992 and was sentenced to prison in Albion Correctional Facility, which is mentioned. Albion is in Albion, New York, uh, between Niagara Falls and Rochester, Western New York. Um, It is, Albion comes from the the old name for the island of Britain. Um, That is where that comes from. Uh, as, As a matter of fact, the group Led Zeppelin and their publishing company is called Flames of Albion. Oh. Led Zeppelin, which it all comes uh, back around. It all it comes was, back around. How old was uh, was was Fisher? Because I she think was that was seven, she was seventeen. Right, time. that was the whole part of the story. Is that she was so young? That's why she's the Lolita. Is, yeah, um, she, exactly. Yeah, is that she was so young uh, for this older man that she she killed uh, his wife? That is correct. Yeah wild um anyway let us to led zeppelin yeah let us to led zeppelin of course lolita was written by Nabokov back in the 1950s made into movies a couple times uh in the 60s early 60s uh stanley kubrick made one and then it was made again remade in the 90s uh and that featured melanie griffith who was one of the wife candidates ah, on Jimmy's list. Ah, so it all comes I back I like around. what Tom's doing here. <laughs> yarn up on the board right now. I like this. <laughs> I like this. Well, <laughs> stick with me. Um, <laughs> Jimmy mentions Forrest Tucker, who was an actor uh, in the in the 50s and 60s, 40s, 50s, and 60s. Um, he was in Westerns mostly, but then notably in the 60s was in a show called F Troop. And his character is described as the the Sergeant Bilko of the Old West. It was about a cavalry unit in the Old West. And Sergeant Bilko, of course, was made into a movie starring Phil Hartman. So it all circles back around. <laughs> it all comes back. Uh, the, last, the last thing is um, 
if you're if you needed a burrito, if you happen to go to New York and you mm -hmm. went to the the exterior shot of the news radio office, which is 1450 Broadway, mm -hmm. uh, there is a, a Mexican place there, and you could get a burrito from the the cheap Mexican joint downstairs. Uh, it would cost you. 10 to 12 bucks, depending on what you got. So not nearly as expensive as Tavern on the Green, no. getting a burger. <laughs> <laughs> Much more reasonable. Much more reasonable. So anyway, that's the uh, all the half-truths and gorilla dust I have today. Very nice. <laughs> I feel like I learned a lot. <laughs> there you go. That's, that's what I'm here for, just edification. We're educational kids. That's the, <laughs> that's the way we're going to sell this podcast. That's right. <laughs> Although Lauren tried to educate him on a couple of things that we might have to And they waiting on you. <laughs> this is actually a five hour podcast, everybody. We just had to cut out about four hours of, of Lauren's stories. <laughs> All right. So now we're going to recap and discuss our Absa Fever round from part A. Uh, I'll chime in with some of my favorite scenes and we'll discuss them in further detail um so anyway favorite scenes um i was with thad on this one the open that scene was my top one for sure that was um, definitely on my list as well yeah H had to make some tough decisions there yeah. yeah the the party was high on my list um both of the times with with Beth and Dave in the office after, you know, both we did it like that one was great. You were so <laughs> wrong. I know, I know. <laughs> that was excellent. And, and of course, we already touched on the uh, the one after they made out. That was great too. Like the physicality, like mm -hmm. you said, is, is excellent. Um, any other favorite scenes? Uh, the only other one I had on my list that wasn't mentioned yet was the scene where Beth brings in the burritos. Um, I mean, the burrito yep. gag in itself is great, but then also like the reveal after she leaves that Dave and Lisa weren't actually fighting. They were doing right. it in the office while everyone else was out to lunch. It's like, I, you know, there's no way anyone saw that coming the first time, right? Yeah, like, not. No the, way. Yeah, no. The way and, she was and, standing there looking so mad, she won't even make eye count contact or whatever. It right. was great. <laughs> Yeah, and then that was discussing it. Yeah. And the, 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 the nylons joke. The nylons joke mm -hmm. is great. Like that is so good. <laughs> I, I, I don't I don't remember like after that, like Lisa being so playful. Like that was like the most playful. I think you see her yeah. whole thing, you know. Yeah, it's suggesting the booth, you know. <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah, that's, that's, yeah, same conversation. Yeah, so absolutely. Um yeah, so I actually had another scene on here, which is which is actually Dave leaving the office again. It goes into the Bill and Catherine. I really like the Bill and Catherine uh, of him, you know, walking in into them. You know, will you please tell the lady I want a, a memo? You know, <laughs> shut up and get back in the booth. You do not tell the lady to shut up. You know, and then it goes into the lobby. You know, and Lisa starts flirting with him, and then it turns into the Bill walks out, and she changes the conversation into you know some some office type speak. You know, and then Bill comes in and and he. Uh, Ultimately, you get Catherine coming back out and he gets to play her. Whatever. Right. Don't patronize me. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so uh, so I thought that was actually just really good that like, you know, just really just that whole just when he runs into them all the way to kind of the end there. Yeah. Uh, unlike some of the other episodes that we've practiced on this, this was like there wasn't yeah. 
you could take any scene basically yeah. and any scene good. really yeah, yeah. Great. i agree yeah um anyway favorite quotes um yeah i mine i think i don't know that this was touched on but i'm beginning to think that matthew's <laughs> slip up was quite appropriate in this case yeah. <laughs> <laughs> great i also like but a fiasco the butt of fiasco, fiasco, yeah, it's just, it's kind of the description that like I'm close to using that in real life sometimes. It's like what a butt of fiasco. <laughs> butt of fiasco. I had the well, but a Foucault to you too, Matthew, on my list as well. But mine mm. would have been more like as a paraphrase situation. Like anytime someone says like some off the wall word, some word you don't hear very often, just insert yeah. that instead of butt of Foucault. <laughs> you know oh yeah that, yeah, that, no, that would a, be my more my use of it i just like the way you say the word butafuka you know like that's, <laughs> that's it's it's like word. the way that it pops off like, again like like is that really bad like what does that mean <laughs> I, I like confusing people i know it's not good is that bad well it's not good <laughs> i love the just the reading of you do not tell the lady to shut up. Yeah. <laughs> That's a good one. Yeah. <laughs> I like the reading of this is getting ugly. <laughs> <laughs> I know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's it's almost like brother and sister. They they like right from the beginning. It's it's pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, That's a good way to describe it. Yeah, you could switch seats. yeah that's so good that's my favorite like it's weird but that's my favorite joke in the whole episode like me too i I don't laugh nearly as hard as when he says that it might Uh, be my favorite joe line of all time i don't know i'm gonna have to really it'll be hard to beat (laughs) and it's great because he's just about to get the shit-eating grin you can tell right before he walks off it's like oh god (laughs) captain he knows exactly what he did yeah There's not much I can do, Captain. You can see tweets. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, Lisa just saying news booth. <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. All right. So, what about favorite gags? Um, I I just the initial mispronouncing Botafuco. You uh, know that that whole thing is like because. Then, or at least two years before then, it was in the news yeah. so much. Yeah, it was you couldn't like turn on Letterman without hearing it twenty yep. times. You know, it was like, and it's months and months and months it was on. Um, so it, it wild to think that somebody in news that has been there at least three years doesn't know how to pronounce Botafuco. <laughs> well, I, I also like the fact that it's like he's saying it over and over again, like he's going to talk about it again. Like, right. like how many more reports are you going to do? Like, he's already yeah. say it. like that was a where are they now? So, yeah, how, like you're, you're practicing a word that hopefully you're probably never going to have to say it again. <laughs> like, you're not getting that story next time, guy. <laughs> That's a good point. I didn't even think about that part. Yeah, I was like, he's not practicing for what? Like, he's just putting <laughs> in one of the people just but the fuga. Um, 
I really like the the think about it gag. It it only it recurred a few times. I felt like they could have right. milked it a little bit more, but when like you <laughs> can't figure out how he mispronounced it, and Dave's like, think about it. And then the Forrest Tucker thing, he's like, Well, I don't know that. And Jimmy's like, think about it. <laughs> I thought that was a good was gag. Good. I think they could have even gone farther with it, but it was great. <laughs> yeah. I'm I'm actually I actually piggybacked off the Buttafuoco thing with the different pronunciations of Buttafuoco. Uh because like Jimmy James says it one way, you know, he says it a couple of ways, and like you know, Matthew when he's pronouncing it, he says it a couple of ways. So the accenting of, of how they said it throughout the episode, I thought was really funny too. You know, it wasn't just the straightforward saying it, they def- they accentuated different parts of the word of the name uh mm-hmm. to to get a different effect. I thought that was really good. Yeah. Uh this is not news radio, but at the time SNL did a thing it was called like this is kind of like this um English mystery type or you know masterpiece theater type thing yeah it was called like the house of Botafuco and Mick Jagger was like the butler and I think oh, he said like Botafuoco it's like really overpronounced it's funny as hell anyway that's that's great I I like the bit with the tie and then not wearing the tie. Yeah. What gave it away. That was, that was a good game. Yeah. It's a good way to bring it back with the no tie. Uh, so favorite aspects, uh, background catches, so forth. So, um, so one, one of mine was actually something that you said in like, I think when you, your, your favorite scene, yeah. um, the way in the cold open, the way Bill's just sitting there the whole time, just like dumped <laughs> yeah. down and frozen. Yeah. And like, you definitely notice it when Matthew like tries to hand the broadcast back to him, like then it c- closes in on his face and you see him just like, yeah. frozen there. <laughs> yeah. but like, if you, if you know what's coming and you're rewatching and you really watch the whole time, he's sitting there the whole time, like he just can't move. And yeah. I also love that it, it implies he sat there through the whole thing, never jumped in to try to correct <laughs> or stop him or pull him off the air. He just let it happen. <laughs> Thank you for that unusual report. <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, and I think too, like it goes into Beth and Dave. You know, Dave kind of posted up casual on the wall, but mm-hmm. Beth's face really through the entire opening scene, just doing a lot of reacting. You know, it, I, again, like I, there was a reason I think we both had Beth as the MVP, which you know, we'll talk about at the end. Um, you know, but but walking away from Bill's face into their faces. <laughs> you know, and then Matthew's what what what? <laughs> you know, uh, it was yeah, I really like that too. Like it was it was a great way to start off the episode. So I had um okay, so a small one I had was the tape recorder in Matthew's hand when he was practicing sing Butterfuco, <laughs> and he actually plays it and then copies it. Right. You know, so like, <laughs> like, like, he actually got I'm like, who pronounced it correctly for him? He had to go to the <laughs> right. get it pronounced correctly, have it on tape, and he's got a card to look at how it spells. <laughs> he's recording in a card and he pronounces it and then just kind of like leaves the office, you know? Um, so I thought that was a little detail. That was like a little part to make that joke funny. That, that was really good. Yeah. I, I got two more. I don't know. I've got two more also. I've got a couple, but you guys go ahead. (laughs) Okay. Yeah. Um, So in the cold open, when um, Dave is trying to explain to Matthew that like, you know, 
it, no, it's pronounced Butafuko. <laughs> As he's like very carefully pronouncing it, Beth is sitting next to him and she's like mouthing the word with him, like doing this, like, <laughs> like, like trying to demonstrate it's Butafuko. It's really good. <laughs> oh, I didn't see that. That's great. Um, so one of my other ones was actually the coworker pretending to be somebody of the opposite sex, actually, to accept the package. Because this turns into a series long joke of them, you know, yeah. like, uh, when Foxy walks in and sees a five and asks for Lisa, Joe's like, I'm Lisa. Uh, and I know there's, there's definitely one. Uh, I can't remember what the other example is, but there's just one more time, you know, where somebody comes in looking for a package either to pick up or get rid of it. And uh, the person pretends to be somebody else. So I thought that was a nice little detail. Like, this is kind of where that joke started. It's like, I'm Bill McNeil. <laughs> like, come right this way to my supply closet. <laughs> Um, I, I, we touched on this before uh, in the um, keepsakes, but the when they pan from the WNYX logo on the on the pillar, mm -hmm. and I, I don't think I saw a shot like that to open up a the episode where they just oh. kind of slowly pan across to the you know, from that establishing and then right over to the boot, you know, right over to the action. So but you hear them like before a, you actually see them. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Okay, that's a good fact. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of unusual. They don't do that yeah, a lot. Exactly. Yeah. I really caught my attention after watching it a couple times. Well, to me, I think that's effective. You know, like if you start mm -hmm. off with, with Bill's face, you know, it kind of like yeah. eases you into like, whoa, what's going on here? Um, yeah, all right. That's a like now I'm gonna be watching for that all the time. That's a good, <laughs> yeah. that's a great catch. I yeah, I don't know if they ever do it again. I, I feel like probably not, but who knows? Yeah. yeah, it's an interesting establishing shot. Yeah, Jimmy B. <laughs> uh any other ones i got one more i got one more too lauren what's yours um so this wasn't necessarily like especially humorous just something i found interesting so after joe tells matthew to keep it up with the mistakes he can be seen in the background over lisa's shoulder working on some piece of equipment on a desk that's like just upstage from beth's desk so this would be like her desk neighbor and I guess this is early in the series. They were still trying to promote the illusion that people actually did work in the office. <laughs> so, yeah. but I, but I do want to keep track of that. Like, does anyone ever sit at that desk? Is that desk still there in later episodes? Like why? I don't know. I think they were just trying to establish like, this is a busy office and lots of people work here, but it's just something interesting. I noticed. Yeah. You would see, you would see like back behind Beth. I think that maybe there, like there was a copier there or something. That's kind of what it looked like to me. And I saw, saw like Joe talking to a woman before he came over and did the switch seats. Bit. Right. Mm -hmm. um, and then you could see through the booth and people would be working on the other side of the booth. Mm -hmm. Like Beardy would be back there. Yeah. Um, yeah. A lot of extras, you know, it was like at least 12 or 13 extras. And I, I yeah. thought I saw in this. Yeah, I, I mean, for me, I think it's like they just had to have Joe to be a reason to go over there and say something to Catherine to, to drop the right. joke, you know, so maybe that's why they put his desk over there to, mm -hmm. <laughs> to have a reason for him to be there to make that statement. Yeah, Joe, you're an electrician, you don't need a desk. Like, <laughs> <laughs> when they, you know, back when they wanted to pretend that people actually did their jobs there, of course. Yeah, that's right. Uh, <laughs> um. So yeah, so my last one actually is that it just, it, it destroyed the will they won't they season long trope. You know, like one of the mm -hmm. one of the only times I think I've ever seen it where they just like got it out of the way in season one or two and kind of jumped forward instead of really playing it out, obviously, and, and uh, making a lot of near misses and all that kind of stuff. So I just thought, you know, that was a really cool detail about about, you know, the way they decided to run that first season. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Very unique. Yeah. 
we're not Sam and Diane in this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Very good. Um, keepsakes. I heard you guys. Uh, my, my number one keepsakes are actually two, but both the Beardies jackets. I like his leather jacket was pretty Ooh. nice. And yeah. the uh, the corduroy like blazer <laughs> was kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I like those too. So uh, th those were my top one. And the uh, the brown mugs, those those brown coffee mugs uh, with the like yeah. dark rim and the, the logo on it. Yeah, those are those are awesome. Yeah, those didn't <laughs> stick around past season season one or season season two. one. Yeah, I think Maybe it was just season, season two, one. Yeah, yeah. And then, then there was the yellow ones and. I mean, those, those are great, but the brown ones are, those are primo. Stay tuned for our mug reading episode. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Mug Talk. How you doing? <laughs> My friend Eddie from Chicago. <laughs> Got all kinds of mugs here for sale. <laughs> Back in the car. Um, what, what, so you had the two jackets. Did you have anything else on yours? Uh, the mugs and yeah I think that was that was it that's funny we all had jackets but they were all different jackets different jackets <laughs> <laughs> um yeah my the other one I was going to use if I came down to it was the burritos from lunch <laughs> <laughs> I think that's a display piece for sure uh, <laughs> I had a Matthew's recorder was the only other thing uh, on my list, uh, nice. <laughs> especially as nice. if it still has that tape in there. That's oh, pretty special. Right. <laughs> Hopefully you have a bunch of him saying it too. <laughs> like all the different ways he can think of to say it. <laughs> yeah, a tape of him practicing all the different ways. Yeah. That would yeah, you wonder if it, You wonder if it'd be like a Arrested Development where they only have the one videotape. If they just had that tape and it also had Dave uh, singing Horse With No Name on it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and Bill, Bill's, uh, you know, autobiography oh. stuff. Swerving <laughs> into traffic. <laughs> oh man! Well, did we want to talk about uh, Beth just being the MVP? Oh yeah, sure. Yeah, no, I, you know, I thought Beth, I thought Beth, you know, she got a zinger in like every time she was in the scene. She was able to like verbally, you know, throw some throw some shade at Dave or Lisa or whoever was involved. You know, so, I, you know, I just thought that she was the most consistent and and really kind of like the win, like, again, the MVP, like the winner of this episode, because <laughs> like her, her everything from her reaction shots to uh, to the way that she was kind of poking fun of her boss, throwing her face, she calls him boss sarcastically, <laughs> and then being like coffee boss. Like, uh, yeah, I, I thought I thought it was definitely a great Beth performance, a def kind of a Beth episode in a weird way. Yeah, she pulls a quickie at the end. <laughs> yeah, yes. so she won the episode she right? she, she, yeah, zero question about who won the episode yeah i i agree her physical comedy in this episode is just so good every tiny motion she does is uh, hilarious you know there is like no minor action is wasted everything is for the comedy of the scene it, it yeah. was so good the, <laughs> I the all I the nose gestures the so good yeah yeah it shows the door their foot doesn't look just you know, reaches back and closes it like <laughs> it's a veteran move yeah yeah i wonder how many takes that took <laughs> she's a professional probably she's just. a pro <laughs> yeah she's a dancer she's very coordinated that's true um anything right. else on beth no i think that's it just want to make sure she got her propers we, we, <laughs> <laughs> yeah give vicky her due um all right 
So now we're going to go to a segment called a time capsule from the internet. Okay. So as previously noted, this was only the second episode of the series. So there was no activity on the Usenet boards at this time. Um, This, so this is segment, this segment is just supposed to illustrate like what else was going on in the world at the Mm -hmm. time that this episode aired. So um, just wanted to point out the first ever post in the news radio news group was a post about the NBC fall lineup indicating that news radio was set to air Tuesdays between wings and Frasier. (laughs) That wasn't exactly at the time of this episode, but that was the (laughs) earliest one we've got. (laughs) Um, That was definitely a good lineup. You know, I think it sucked a lot of people in. (laughs) Uh, Okay. The second post to the Usenet forum was from someone who clearly didn't know what the forum was for. It was an advertisement for on-the-job training in the fields of radio, audio recording, and audio engineering. It listed some phone numbers you could call to hear a pre-recorded message about the training program. Had a Los Angeles area code. I tried calling it. It's disconnected. I was extremely disappointed. (laughs) Darn. Rough. Um, there was also an advertisement for someone selling a Sony audio console for $12,500. And I looked up the same model is currently for sale on eBay for about 8000 So clearly there was some confusion about what this message board was for. <laughs> <laughs> You're not betting that in a poker game. <laughs> <laughs> it's not a DVX console. Nope. No. <laughs> Sorry, early Craigslister. <laughs> So since Usenet didn't give me any good clues about what was going on in the world at the time that this episode first aired, I ventured into onthisday.com. And I learned that on this day, Tupac Shakur married Keisha Morris on a Tuesday. Always a good day to get married. Uh, They divorced in 1996. He was a Gemini. Oh, sorry. Dropping the Tupac knowledge. (laughs) We're going to have to fact check that. (laughs) Um, the top movie at the box office was bad boys and the the number one song was take a bow by Madonna. And also it was David Cross's 31st birthday. Ah. And that was on this day in 1995. March 28th. Uh, I think that's what April 4th. Oh, April 4th. Okay. And that is a time capsule from the internet. All right. All right. So we've got our nitpicks and enigmas that we have to discuss. Um, anything to nitpick in this episode? I have so much. Okay. Lauren, <laughs> <laughs> okay. leading off. Wow. Go ahead. Okay. Um, I mean, so one thing is, it sort of ties into what I was just saying a few minutes ago. At what point did they abandon the pretext that that they actually listen to their own broadcast, not just that anyone does any work, but they listen to it. So everyone in the station was listening to Matthew's Butafuco segment. Lisa heard it in the cab. Joe was off somewhere recording it. Mr. James knew all about it as soon as he walked in. But in later seasons, it seems like no one knows what's actually on the air. And in season five someone even asked like does anyone own a radio <laughs> so <I was> like, <laughs> just like when did that happen <laughs> yeah 
Yeah, you have the episode with Bill uh, smoking. You know, she's like, are you listening to what he's doing on the air? But that's yeah. still early season. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's the next episode, yeah. Yeah, so she is listening at her desk, you know, to be able to tell him what's, what's going on. Or it's being piped out into the bullpen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, anyone else have some more before I go on? <laughs> uh, yeah, I would say... Away. 1246 seems like a little early to start drinking at the office uh (laughs) if they leave at six o'clock i mean you could and also what time did jimmy start drinking because he said he's half loaded at (laughs) 1246 so what what was he doing before getting to the office must have been at the (laughs) mexican bar or something yeah and who mixed the punch i mean yeah, who who put what in there? Right, <laughs> right. That's well. That's one of my questions: is what kind of drink was the Red Devil? Yeah, as he calls it. And I was like, what is in this bad boy? Yeah, it's <laughs> Max is not here yet, so it's not the Spookadelic Punch. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the Red Devil. The Red like, Devil. That's ominous. See, they're uh, like High Sea or Hawaiian Punch with vodka or something like that. That's what I'm <laughs> guessing. Just by the color, that color is, is like oh, nine red. Nineties office parties. Yeah. <laughs> the shenanigans. Um, I want to know why there's an Abza on Dave's desk. Mm. There's an Abza on his desk. It, 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 it does okay. look like an Abza, doesn't it? It is an Abza. I, I is floated sure. down okay. and froze oh. the frame. It's an Abza. Why Abza. is it on his desk? He's he's only been there what a couple months, and we're gonna get to awards show, and and he's right. gonna say how not only has he never won an Abza, but um, the station never has either, right? So where did this thing come from? Why is he so proudly displaying it on his desk? <laughs> Interesting. I'd Maybe say inspiration. Ed left it there. I don't know. <laughs> Ed yeah. left it there, and he got it from Tom Novacek or something. Yeah. <laughs> Think of me when you see this abso. <laughs> um. Any other questions? Nitpicks? I've got more. <laughs> I got questions. Um. So my my friend was. Did Jimmy James walk over to Lisa and Dave because they were arguing or because he wanted cake? Like, what was the reason he actually walked over? Because he leaves, like, he takes the cake. I'm like, did he come over for cake and just decide to get in the middle of this? Or did he get in, decide to get in the middle of it and then saw the cake? So I thought that was one where I was like, That's I'm not question. quite sure looking at, looking at this tape. I'm not quite sure, you know, how, you know, which one came first. People can walk places for two things, you know. <laughs> They could. No, I, I think it was the argument, and then he saw cake because it, it stands to reason that there was more cake left on that the table. But he's like, "Oh, you finished with that." But then why take that cake? Right there. Like that's what I, I think. It's like if there's more cake left over, then why would he take that cake at the end of it? I, I, I yeah, I, I tend to think like he he went over and then saw the cake, and it was right there, and didn't see Dave eating it, so it's like, ah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, I think he saw that first and then decided. Yeah. To like, okay. Oh, he's not eating that cake. I, hey, what are you guys arguing about? <laughs> <laughs> I think, although I'd like to say that my general philosophy of life is very cake motivated. So <laughs> uh, this, this might be a little bit more just personal telling. I got to say, also, anytime I see Stephen Root holding a cake full of cake on a plate, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think of Milton, right? Space, I think, yeah, yeah I think I'll kind of think last of time, Milton. Like, none of cake, I didn't get my piece. I, <laughs> hello? 
<laughs> it's funny to me that of all the roles that Steve Rue has played, which is so many, right. that's one that is like really stands out where everybody kind of knows mm-hmm. him in that role. Like it's just such a powerful character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, if you just Google the name Milton, it, it pictures a him that come up, not yes. like all the other famous Miltons in history. It's it's <laughs> Stephen Root as Milton in Office Space. <laughs> I bet he loves that. <laughs> people just walking up to him and mumbling all the time hey it's milton oh excuse me how much they like, <laughs> like yeah that's awesome that's how i want to interact with my fans um <laughs> i also want to know is beardy invited to Catherine's birthday party or is he crashing it because he's, mm. get, he's getting closer and closer they're all the time. on the was edge he right. yeah You're right. he's in they there with another drinks. guy right yeah, they're just yeah. talking. Kind of, yeah. The guy has like invited? a the guy has like a clipboard, and they're looking at that. Yeah, talking. Yeah, you know? I, I was I was like, I can't tell if they're in the party or out of the party because they're not getting they're not getting the red devil. Yeah. <laughs> like, they, they don't get that. The electrician gets it. Uh, the secretary gets it. But Beardy and his boy do not get it. Do but they've got mugs, it. right? They've right. got their own kind of thing going on, and uh, and some weird clipboard information that seems to be very important. <laughs> and then there's there's the guy in the foreground, the taller mustache guy with the glasses. He's mm. he's there. And then there's the woman in the back that was also she was with Joe at the copier before uh, Joe came over and said, "You guys can switch seats." Okay. So the, like, like closer. Those to, were the, closer to Dave's door, right? Yeah, she like, was okay. she was in yeah, the I background, like kind of lightish, lightish brown or blonde hair, something like that. Yeah. So those were like the all the extras that were around that scene that I can that I could make out. So it mm. seems like they're not invited because they're not getting the cake and the punch. But at the same time, I feel like if they clearly were not invited, Bill would have run them off, right? Doesn't that seem like something <laughs> he would have done? <laughs> That's, that is true. It's, it's party for Catherine, not uh, not for these yeah. <laughs> plebes. <laughs> the hell are these people? Did <laughs> <laughs> you think of the episode where he's giving everybody stuff back? Yeah. <laughs> David Spursky. <laughs> um, I got two more. Do you guys got any more uh, questions, nitpicks? I had a quick one. It's just like, why doesn't anybody knock on the boss's office door? Like everybody, he just rolls in, just like opens the door and comes on in. And I'm just like, <laughs> as a boss, what the hell is going on? <laughs> gotta lock that door man <laughs> i mean yeah. it's like who just barges in like that all the time like, <laughs> like nobody nobody is like knocking and coming they're just popping the door open hey you two what do you mean i'll <laughs> oh, come again uh but he did knock just swung it open and leaned in so uh that it's, was something that it's weird because in later years you'll hear <laughs> yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah must have but, come uh, up on Matthew's performance appraisal a couple times. <laughs> so far, uh, this is kind of a nitpick, but not real. I mean, it was just something that I noticed that, um, it, like the very end when Dave and Lisa and Bill are out in the hallway, and you know, Bill's like, "Have you ever been in one of those relationships?" Like Dave is breaking hard, like he is <laughs> oh. just struggling to keep it together, <laughs> and all the way into the like the the elevator, he is like just trying to not laugh like that's he's, <laughs> a huge smile well see i assume that he was smiling uh they're in the elevator when the delivery guy comes in is that what it is yeah 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 all right so i, I like so I, 
Yeah, I think you can cover it with that, but he started like way before, like while Bill's like, have you ever been in one of those? And he could, Dave like really could barely get his line out. I think it's just, I think Phil Hartman was cracking him up. Oh, absolutely. Oh, man. <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> no decision yet, Matthew. <laughs> just the look on his face is just, oh, this is great. So great. Phil Hartman. Yeah, that's all I got. Okay. Um, so I want to know what's in the gift bag at Catherine's party. There's a gift bag near the cups of punch on the, the conference yep. table has mm. some sort of pink and purple print mm -hmm. on it. I assume it's a gift that Bill got her that she never got to open. <laughs> so I want to know what type of gift would Bill buy Catherine that he wants her to open in front of everyone. Oh my Lord, that's a great <laughs> question. Yeah, that's a great question. <laughs> I'm actually more interested in the answer to that question than the whole delivery guy and Beth question. Like, <laughs> I'm actually much more interested in knowing what Bill actually got her. Wow. In front of everybody too. So you know it had to be something. Yeah. It's something he's going for some type of a reaction. You know yeah, he is. Yeah. It's just like, what, what exactly is the reaction he's looking for? And would he have gotten the reaction he wanted if she had actually opened it? <laughs> <laughs> or, or would he have been disappointed? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Can't top that. That's a good way to no. say that for last. Like, all right. All right. Uh, any scenes that we want to add? I got a couple. I have at least one or two. Yeah. Okay. Go so ahead. I want to see a tag on the end of the episode where it cuts to the FedEx guy whose supervisor almost had to be flown in from Memphis and he's sitting in his apartment admiring a shrine he has built for Beth <laughs> and it's like <laughs> one grainy photo of her in a gilded frame and maybe oh, one yeah. of her earrings and a lock of her hair and she doesn't even remember his name he's just the FedEx guy but he has pined for her ever since their romance abruptly ended and his life is just not the same without her <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to react to that right wow. <laughs> I'm like is this the crap after we do another podcast <laughs> what's happening now is indiana jones gonna come is it gonna cut somebody's heart out with a knife like what show is this wow that's a uh, yeah that's intense <laughs> um all right so in one of mine uh I, I was thinking it'd be funny just to see in the elevator this delivery guy like trying to organize himself while dave and lisa are just you know trying not to crack up in front of him <laughs> You know, like, even if you just did the credits with everybody in there, he's just kind of like fidgeting <laughs> around and the two of them just grinning, you know, to each other and, and, and maybe probably everybody else in the elevator is probably grinning too, you know? Um, so I thought that would be a scene that would be kind of fun to, to tag on there. That would be a good one. Uh, I think the one that I most wanted to see is Dave and Lisa at the diner. Like, what took them from, you know, they're discussing yeah. about this kind of awkwardness that they've they've had for that day when did, yeah. how quick did it turn around to going back to his apartment yeah so so you know what i'm not gonna like obviously i think that's a good idea but one of the things about this episode that that kind of uh, to me was kind of evidence like lisa and dave don't really have that back and forth yet like i really felt like she was forcing you know forcing kind of going at him or forcing kind of talking to him um you know, when she's harassing them out the door, mm. you know, don't tell right, me what right. to do. Yeah, don't yeah. tell me what to order. You know, uh, I really felt like that was kind of forced. So 
you know, it felt still felt like a play. You know, they just hadn't found uh, the the complete rhythm yet. You know, but again, still better than a lot of other shows in right. terms of you know who the characters are and how they interacted. Well, I felt like after they they did it, their their yeah. you know their back and forth was where do we go from here? News booth. Oops. Yeah. All right, so we just lost Lauren lost for a second, for um, a but we did not get kicked out of the meeting, so no. we're just going to keep our roll on. I'm sure That's she'll right. be right back. That's right. Any other um, uh, scenes you want to add? Yeah, uh, the other one I was thinking about is actually, so Catherine rolls around the corner while Beth is fooling around with the, with the delivery guy. Right. Uh, when she walks off away from Bill, yep. she actually goes around that yeah. corner. So, again, I'm kind of like, are they in a stairwell? Are they... Because remember during the fire, yes. you know, everybody rolls around there to yep. go like, like... You know, so it makes sense that there's going to be a supply closet over there for them to kind of jump into and, and fool around on. Right. Um, but the... I, I was... I had to think of her catching them. Right. I guess, like, that's kind of the, the thing that makes them kind of... That's why they're running out. Yeah. Out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you know, like, the timing isn't quite right, but, you know, if they're a little bit down the hall around and she pokes in and, you know, of, of course, I'd like to see her reaction to it. Right. You know, because Catherine's just so absolutely great at, at doing reactions. And, right. Um, you know, it, it, so I just thought that would be kind of a funny scene is to see her, like, come upon them and the two yeah. like, ah, and, <laughs> and run away trying to put themselves together type of thing. Sure. Because I love how they're speed walking. Right. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of speed walking in that. Uh, like Dave at the end, like he's oh, he's really... booking it from the office, yeah, and long strides for as yeah, you know, he's not that tall guy, you know, yeah. <laughs> he's taking these huge yeah. strides. I know it's like wow, like this guy's moving, but yeah. I, you know, I think it was supposed to just kind of indicate he was trying to get the hell out yeah, of there, exactly. and he runs into Bill and Catherine, but mm-hmm. yeah, no, I know, I noticed that too. I was like, man, this dude is yeah, he's cruising really right flying. Now. <laughs> um, um, did you have another one? You, yeah, the you other, like two, right? Kind of, yeah. Uh, it would be a shorter one, but like Matthew putting together his tape and, and figuring it, going through, figuring out how to say Botafuco, <laughs> watching that process. I think that would be funny. Yeah. Like him messing it up a couple, you know, of course. You yeah, I know that. <laughs> probably have to bleep it out or something, but like. <laughs> Shoo! <laughs> like he said it wrong again. Like he just can't get it right. Yeah, that would actually, that would be a great one to see at the very end of the episode, you know, just him with the tape recorder doing that. Um, I think you know, let's just keep on rolling. Okay, what else we can do? Okay. Um, so we had the recasting idea. Um, so we we were we suggested that we would recast the delivery man with uh, somebody else from another sitcom in the nineties. So uh, yeah. who, who did you come up with? Uh, I came up with Mario Lopez. Okay. You know, first of all, I, I think that guy uh, that they had cast in there, good-looking guy, you know, tall, like you could see, you know, you could see why they'd be attractive. Like I liked him as an actor, just seeing him really quickly up front when he's asking for the name, right? Bill. Like I'm like, I kind of like this guy. Like there's a likability about him. So I think that uh, Mario Le- Lopez um, is, is like a more charming version of that guy. You know, right? Like, he's just got a little bit of that sparkle. You could totally see why. Uh, an office secretary would be attracted to him and maybe something could happen. Right. Um, so I thought Mario Lopez would, would be an interesting one to, to step in. Yeah, I could see that. I, I could see that. He might be yeah. a little young, but I guess not that young. I mean, yeah, because Tiffany Theason's only like three years away from coming out or four years away from coming right, out. Right, you know, so he was kind of in that, you know, that Yeah, young, like 21, 22, yeah. I was say that young hunky phase, but he was in that young hunky phase pretty much his entire career. And, hey, we've, we've recovered. Laura and... Okay, where were we? <laughs> okay, so we were doing added scenes. Um, 
Yeah, any any scenes that you would okay. like to add? Okay. Um, and you guys may have already said this, but the only other one I, I had was I do wish we had seen a little glimpse of the birthday party at Chico's. Ah, uh, yeah. actually showed That's up, but Matthew one. thought it was a surprise going away party for him. <laughs> um, I thought that would have been great, especially if everyone's there trying to saw through their burritos with steak <laughs> knives. <laughs> that, yeah, oh, man, that I is a that great one. Um, Tom, real quick, what were yours? Then I'll tell her mine. Oh, um, mine, I had uh, David Lisa at the uh, the diner, but um, yep. also Matthew uh, figuring out how to record and say <laughs> Botafuco. Just a little a little clip of that, you know. <laughs> um, I had uh, like an extended scene uh, in the elevator afterwards, so the delivery guy is still kind of like frantically trying to put stuff together, and Dave and Lisa are just <laughs> trying not to crack up and laugh at him the whole time. Um, and the other thing I said was that when Catherine storms off away from Bill, she goes around the same corner that uh, Beth and the delivery guy went to. So, like, I'm kind of <laughs> like, did she catch them? You know, like, we know there's okay. a stairwell back there. Like, maybe there's a supply closet. But maybe that's what gets them to kind of scurry back out at the end, walking away real fast, is that Catherine walked around the corner and caught them. Uh, and, and we're saying <laughs> Catherine's so great at reacting all the time. You know, like, that, that, yeah. that would be a great. <laughs> what the hell? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, that would have been really she good. She slaps the delivery guy. Right. <laughs> that would be great. It just hits him full force. Uh, um, and then we started the, the, the recasting section. Yeah. Okay. Uh, and I went with Mario Lopez as the delivery guy. Okay. You know? Right. It was the right era. Yep. Um. So I approached recasting the delivery guy with like looking for um, other people who had played delivery guys, basically. Um, so I went with Diedrich Bader okay. reprising nice. his role from the Drew Carey show as Oswald, yeah. the global parcel delivery driver. Um, immediately rejected Kevin James. No offense, <laughs> Kevin James. Uh, just it was too on the nose. Um, j- I considered uh, Cliff Clavin. <laughs> oh, <laughs> I didn't think that, you know, I, I'm not really sure. I know he's he was much younger than the role he was playing on Cheers, but I wasn't sure if the, the age thing would work out. And then Newman from Seinfeld was the only other one I considered. And I was just like, Newman. <laughs> Newman. <laughs> no, Newman. Well, it's another thing, too, is I was like, well, how would Beth react to these guys? Right, I'm exactly. Like, yeah, I, don't, I don't see Beth going after <laughs> Kevin James Newman. might actually be the, the, the winner in terms of comedy. <laughs> maybe you know like no matter like you know like i can see him like tossing the clipboard to follow beth type of thing you know like just an exaggerated <laughs> you know everything he does for his comedy is exaggerated so yeah um i like Dietrich but Bader. i do That's like Dietrich Bader, yeah. yeah i i thought that, i thought he would have been a good yeah. choice yeah even uh no offense uh no offense to the guy who actually right. played the der- delivery driver i don't know yeah <laughs> that guy actually looked he looked to me like a tall kieran culkin you know, now, like not at the time, but like, you oh. know, kind of looked like that to me. Okay. But, um, the, the one I, I went with was, uh, David Schwimmer. I thought he was oh, okay. a good, you know, oh, good delivery okay. guy. Like same height kind of, you know. Uh, yeah. I just can't like, I, he, to me again, like I picture him with a doofy look on his face, like with friends, you know, like <laughs> this poor guy, <laughs> like David Schwimmer, this poor guy, like he, again, I don't know how I can say really poor considering the way that show took off, but 
you know, he's, yeah. he's universally considered to be like the most unlikable member, the most disliked member of that show. Right. Um, and I always kind of picture him with like a, just a weird expression on his face, I guess. Mm. I don't know. Um, I had one other grab bag thing. Sure. I just, it was something I wanted to share, but I didn't know where else to put it. Yeah. So in the shooting draft, um, Joe was not excited about Matthew's mispronunciation like we see in the episode. Oh. So this is, I mean, Joe wasn't in the pilot. So this is his introduction right. to the show. Right. It was that scene where he walks in and, and I, for one, am outraged, you yeah. know, and then, oh, I can't believe you pulled it off. So in, this, in the shooting draft, um, he was actually really mad about it and called Matthew a sleazeball and said, you know, my mom listens to this station. And um, that that was that would have been their their introduction to Joe and like how maybe could have changed how that character developed. And it just got me thinking, like, how different might huh. he have been? How would that have influenced the development of the character if um, he had remained like, you know, taking the moral high ground and how dare you say that word on air and <laughs> it was just so different and like what we actually see is exactly what joe became throughout the course of the series and i think he stayed pretty consistent yeah. in his character right and I, um I, w- I thought that was wild yeah i wonder if it was it was just written the way it was when they still had ray romano in mind initially because he was initially going to be that character um and like that there was like more that they could do with with him being that way and joe's more of like a you know like a bro kind of guy you know so just i wonder if that had something to do with it i can kind of hear ray romano saying my mom yeah my mom was i was i wasn't thinking of ray romano i was thinking of the uh, the other guy who was in the pilot greg lee because he was more soft-spoken he had kind of a soft-spoken look so from him, kind of that moral outrage plays as right. you know he's like this nice kind of guy. Just like yeah. what the hell? My mm-hmm. mom listens to this, so I, I can see it more being written with him in mind because I think that would be more effective, making Matthew feel bad. Right. You know, coming from him, like my mom listens, like what are you doing? Mm. I could see that kind of interaction. You know, with Joe yeah. obviously was, the right call was to switch it, yeah, and to make him like you said, like really consistent <laughs> of what he's going to be in the show yeah. and how he's going to react. Yeah. Yeah, they probably took one look at Joe Rogan and were like, yeah, th- this, jo- this joke's not going to play. we got to write something else. Actually, I can see Ray Romano as the delivery guy. That actually <laughs> that oh. actually tracks for me in every way. You know, he's like, a, I hate to say it, but like a better version of David Swimmer right. uh, in terms of his ability to react and kind of hustle. I can see the physical comedy of him you know, trying to adjust himself in a way. So <laughs> back up the tape. we got to redo that segment. <laughs> no do-overs. Um, anything else I don't think I I had anything else that was all I had okay so last section the more you know Uh, any lessons learned today I want to hear Lauren's lesson first yeah (laughs) (laughs) I wrote a couple and deleted them and uh, so this is what I landed on (laughs) um the more you know. The lesson learned here is it is okay to hook up with the delivery guy at the office. Not only is it okay, but it is encouraged. They don't wear those brown shorts for nothing. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
so I, I'm going to believe that you violated Zoom standards with your earlier stories, and that's exactly why you had trouble with technical difficulties. Your computer was like, oh, no. Oh, no, honey. Oh, no. <laughs> like, we're not having that on this piece of machinery. Um, <laughs> that's hilarious. Uh, the lesson that I learned... Uh, unfortunately, I don't have a, a, a neat little saying or any <laughs> any descriptive language, I would say. Uh, but I just think it's funny. It's like, you know, everyone knows that that getting involved with somebody at the office is a bad idea. And yet nobody seems to be able to help themselves. Um, <laughs> I'd like to take this moment to apologize to several women about my immaturity. Uh, because, <laughs> boy, oh boy. <laughs> I did not make things better. Now that I'm a little bit older, I'm like, that was not so great. Um, but yeah, you know, to me, it's, it's the thing is it's almost inevitable. And I'm like, I don't think that's just television. I kind of feel like that that's real life as well. Uh, so I learned that I'm just as good as all of these fictional characters working in this fictional place. And, uh, <laughs> I should absolutely use their advice as a guideline for how to handle those situations. <laughs> Facts. Whatever. <laughs> don't patronize me. But my lesson learned is apparently, like, if you're a delivery man, women just fling themselves at you. So that's that, maybe in retrospect, that's I that should have gone with a different is. different career. Yeah, <laughs> then, you, then you're involved in lots of workplaces. That's right. <laughs> oh, and here's another thing I learned. I should have shared this earlier, but. You know, uh, Amy Fisher would never have made it onto Jimmy's wife candidate list because she did some dirty movies. Ah. <laughs> nice. Nice. So, that's it. Uh, the next episode of the Hoodoo Factory Conveyor Belt is The Breakup, Season 2, Episode 4, hosted by Thaddeus. That will be our second episode in our Dave and Lisa unit. Until next time, please stop by the gift shop on your way out. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever. <laughs> Good night, pumpkin. Thank you for visiting the Hoodoo Factory, the source for all your hoodoo needs. You can follow us on Twitter at hoodoo underscore factory. The Hoodoo Factory is part of the Stolen Dress Podcast Network. Please stop by the gift shop on your way out. And remember, the Hoodoo Factory is the supplier of the only known antidote for Absa fever.